0: My mama used to say not to worry, cause it's just like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but to tell you the truth. Hey, mamas, you're listening to the whole Mama Podcast with Jenna Gibbons. We'll talk all things motherhood and how to build a solid foundation for our children. Our goal is to empower and educate and provide the tools to embrace motherhood and raise compassionate and confident lifelong learners. We believe that as mamas, we need to give ourselves some grace, and our children deserve the best education. I'm your host, Jenna Gibbons, recording right from my barn outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So throw something comfy on and grab a mug of your favorite drink, and let's get started. We have so much to talk about. Thanks for joining me today. To teaching Tuesday at the home mama thanks for joining us um, today at episode number 26 10 ways to raise empathetic children and hey um, <laughs> you know today's world is is obviously it's a crazy time but like you know we have decreased social interaction and um, you know online get-togethers and we have air hugs and mass conversations so it is a crazy time we're not as um, you know, together as we would hope so. And, um, let's be honest, this was happening well before the madness of 2020, right? So technology especially has definitely distracted us all from engaging in, you know, basic human interaction and, and, um, just being together. And I think the same goes for our children, don't you? And in fact, um, you know, many studies are showing that many people who are in the millennial generation show fewer empathetic traits than people who are raised like me in the '70s and '80s. So it's definitely you've probably heard people talk about it, it's a it's we're lacking empathy right now, and so yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about today. And how in the world do we teach our children, um, you know, to be more empathetic in in a crazy world right now? So thank you for joining me today. I'm having a hot cup of red rose tea. Again, as always, it's been a crazy week, and it's only Tuesday, so um, thanks for joining me for these quick little Tuesday um, teaching moments. A couple of uh, things I wanted to share with you, I have a new Facebook group, The Whole Mamas, so please join us. I'll drop the link in my show notes. Don't forget to grab some of your Whole Mama merch. We got some funny shirts and mugs, leggings, jogging pants, um, even if you want to grab a sticker, uh, you know, that would be fantastic. Um, so this February, I decided to focus on a healthy mama is a healthy is a happy mama. I'm sorry. So we're going to be focusing on our health, being healthy in mind, body, and spirit, both us and our children. So very excited for that. And then also stay tuned for more info on my new digital reading kit for families coming out to celebrate in March, which is Reading Awareness Month. Um, You are not going to want to miss this reading packet. It's amazing. And uh, I truly believe it will help you feel so much better by the end of this school year that your children um, have a solid foundation going into the next year, despite all the distance learning and, um, you know, just this crazy year. So, thank you again for joining me today, and let's talk about this. So, studies show that around the age of two, children begin to show signs of empathy. So, like, my little two-year-old right now um, is just starting to show that, and it is true, I've noticed a lot more of, like, you know, his concern for others' well-being. I think we also have to talk about, when we're teaching our children empathy, what the difference is between empathy and sympathy. So, many can feel sympathy for someone, right? Feeling sorry for someone, but that's very different from actually feeling with someone and that is empathy right and so according um i've oh gosh i found some great research on this so according to um an article that's uh, called the Edu. um a woman's she writes that empathy involves an ability to perceive others feelings and to recognize our own emotions and to imagine why someone might be feeling a certain way and have concern for their welfare, and once empathy is, has been activated, then your compassion action is the most logical response. So I think it's really important that we talk about the difference between empathy and sympathy, um, because I think, you know, I think a lot of people today, and our in our children, especially you know our teens, like they feel sympathy. Oh, I feel sorry for them, but the real true compassionate feeling in my opinion is empathy that you not only feel bad for someone but you you're putting yourself in their shoes gosh if that was me i I mean i can't even imagine um you know what i would do like you know so really putting yourself in their shoes and i have to tell you like so i'll talk more about this you know down the road but um a nonprofit that i helped start uh helped start called hickory hill farm you know We rescued animals, uh, mainly horses, but other farm animals as well. And then I've also always grown up, you know, having pets, you know, and dogs. But I really feel like rescuing animals um, and just having. You know, pets in general has really taught me about empathy. And I think having pets also teaches children compassion, um, you know, and empathy. And I'm going to put some links on here also about animals and children and and teaching empathy because I think, um, first of all, animals see our true true selves, right? And I think that um, they truly teach us about what it means to have emotion and to recognize that and to um, and feel for others because, you know, especially like with horses, they're herd animals. So they are, they're always reading each other and, and, um, you know, taking care of each other. So I just thought that was an important thing to mention because I think that that has really helped me, especially with rescue, um, and helping animals, you know, teaching my children what it means. Like, could you imagine, you know, not being fed for several days? Like that's what some of the horses that we had coming into rescue, um, would be experiencing and like really talking about like feeling uh, lonely and lost and unloved and and all those things. So, um, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in some other episodes um, about what for me what rescuing, whether it's a horse or dog or you know any other animal really can teach our children. Um, and so we know that empathy is a fundamental people skill, right? So. I think an important thing to mention, um, and there's a couple other books I'm going to list in these show notes. Like um, I'm on my reading list is the Unselfie um, book, which looks amazing. I have not read it yet, but talking about, um, you know, children not, I think in this time being in social media and, and TikTok and all those things, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on as well. Um, but I think it's always about a lot of times about yourself. And um, so I'm interested to read this book called The Unselfie and how we can help our children, um, you know, just kind of still be empathetic through a very, I guess, a a time of being very selfish, I guess, or being very self-absorbed as we are using our social media. Um, And there's another book. by daniel goleman called emotional intelligence and he describes emotional intelligence as the ability to recognize and man- and manage the emotions in oneself and in others to guide behavior and so he says it's strongly linked with improved social skills and relationships and with greater mental and physical health that emotional intelligence is a measure of empathy and the ability to understand and connect with others And empathy is the fundamental people skill, he writes, which I thought was very powerful. Empathy is so intrinsic to our relationships with one another that we label everyone who lacks it, um, you know, and I think it's just a very important, important skill to teach our children. Um, So... We're gonna kind of talk about that today. I'm gonna to leave some information for you too. Like I found a great resource that talks about ways to quickly and easily cultivate, um, you know, an empathetic child. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna dive right into this. And so I kind of pulled together what I thought would be some quick and easy ways to do this. And so um, I have ten ways that we can do this right at our home and naturally and stress-free and just some ways to really teach emotion because just the kids learn at school, um, reading, writing, and all those skills, they also have to be learning, um, you know, because they're new to this world, they have to learn how to be an empathetic person. And I know schools are crazy, they're busy. Uh, I think that this is a very fundamental piece that if, um, you know, Schools are focused so much on reading and writing, um, and math and science that we as parents and as mamas have to find ways to cultivate that empathy at home. So, um, the first thing is, is talking about a range of emotions. So I experienced this with my five-year-old a couple months ago where he would be, um, you know, I think he would lash out and push, you know, push or hit or, um, do something else physically because he didn't know how to use his words to talk about how he was feeling and his emotions. He couldn't wasn't sure how to tell me. And so we talked about different kinds of emotions. In fact, I printed and laminated a sheet that we put in our refrigerator that like if he was having a time where he felt frustrated or he was tired or he was um, embarrassed or he was, you know, whatever feeling it was, we talked about that and built his vocabulary up and he could show me, well, I'm feeling this right now, way mommy? And then I could help him um, identify how he was feeling and and then go from there um and so there's another quote that says children who are better at regulating their negative emotions tend to show greater empathetic concern for others so it makes sense to provide children with an emotional coaching you're kind of like their emotional coach as they're growing up Uh, so i think that really helped him because he would come down and say mommy i'm feeling this way right now and i already kind of knew where his head was at that moment and so we could talk it through So that's a great way. Whether you talk about the emotions, um, I love showing using pictures so that, um, you know, whatever works for you and your families, whether you're talking about it or you have something up on your refrigerator, I feel that it really enhances emotional intelligence and emotional vocabulary. And I apologize. I feel very, I sound very nasally. My allergies are horrible. It's not even spring yet. Um, So yeah, sorry about that. Um, Okay. So number two is identifying emotions in your text. So of course, you know, I'm a huge advocate for reading together, but having that, I really think it's also important to have that story talk um, and even doing some role-playing after you read a story and act out different emotions because children need to see um, what it means to feel a certain way, what it means to help someone who's feeling a certain way. So I think it's really important as we're reading text as well to um, ask questions and have kids reflect on how other people are feeling in a story. And that can make a huge difference. And then also, if you are doing role-playing or, or just playing around, you can make it very playful. Um, help children understand, you know, if this particular thing is happening, how I might be able to help this person or understanding how that person might be feeling. Let me show you how I'm going to, how I feel inside when I see someone suffering. And, um, and number three, being a model, you know, showing how to physically, um, you know, be a good listener and be in, um, engaged with someone I think you know I think a lot of days or times I think we feel like our children are so you know disengaged but really showing them when someone is sharing something with you or, or you're trying to help someone to really let them know that you're there for them and showing them what that looks like you know with um, eye contact with your posture with how you're talking to them all of those things um, but I also think being a model is, is is in your actions and like you know what you're doing when my son was younger, we would be at a store and, um, you know, I started to, Oh, something fell off the, you know, off the shelf. Let's pick it up and put it back where it belongs so that we're helping, you know, the people who work here. And do you know that he still does that to this day without even, without even asking, you know? And so those little things that we kind of plant those seeds for them, um, to, you know, to learn to continue to practice being empathetic. So that's being a model. And then so number four is mindfulness, right? So research suggests that certain meditation practices, uh, mindfulness meditation and compassion meditation may be helpful. And in experiments testing the effects of meditation training, participants would visualize, you know, their own past suffering and then relate it to um, what they're seeing at that time and relate it also to feelings of warmth and care. So I think a lot of our empathy is a reflection of our past. And, you know, I. Th- so I think that's really important that if our children are going to become empathetic adults, um, you know, how to talk about their experiences as a child can really help them, you know, as they're growing up so mindfulness is great excuse me anyway um and teaching our children about mindfulness is i think a whole nother a podcast episode in itself so um so and the number five is exposing children to a variety of different people um and i think for me growing up i i was a lot you know my grandparents were in um, the nursing homes when i was you know um younger and then you know as they were aging um I think being around older, wiser, more experienced people, in my opinion, I feel really helped me with, with empathy. Um, and I think that, though you know, that group of people has so much to offer and so much to, um, you know, instill in us. And I'm not saying like, you know, go hang out every day at, you know, nursing, homes. I'm not saying that, but volunteering um and i know it's hard right now obviously but um you know are spending time with people who um have a tons of experience and who um have a lot to you know just to offer to our children and i think being around people with that much experience has really you know helped me and i you know i hope with my children spending time with their grandparents and other people who are older than them um can help really kind of guide them in their empathy, but also being around different um, cultures, being around, um, you know, just a variety of different people who your children can interact with and learn from and, and hear their stories. And I think that really kind of helps to shape who they are as a person, as a child. And then also as, you know, as they're growing up into an adult and, um, number six is definitely a really important thing. Obviously a positive parenting helps child, but I think I was reading in one of the articles that I'll share with you that not only positive parenting, but making children feel secure. And what I mean by that is is that making kids feel that they count, they can count on count on us for emotional and physical support, which then leads to stronger, more secure social relationships as they're growing up. So when a child feels secure, you know, they're more likely to take emotional risks. They're more likely to, to, um, get involved when they see someone who needs, who needs help, who needs, um, empathy. And so I think it's a really important thing is that if they feel secure in their emotions, then they surely can help others, um, and be more empathetic. And, um, so that was one that really hit home to me. I, I, you know, I always try to make sure that my boys feel that they are safe and secure because I think if they feel that way, um, you know, they can do good in the world and they can, you know, I don't know. For me, that that, that whole secure and safety and, um, and just being being there, you know, with your parents and having them guide you, I think is just a really positive foundation to set for our children. Um so, okay, so number seven is understanding how you know, can kind of guilt and shame can influence empathy, and I've experienced this a lot with my boys um and there was a great article that I was reading about this and made me f- understand that you know if let's say my youngest boy little boy um is crying because the oldest possibly you know whopped him on the head or pushed him um, and so we're trying to teach our oldest like you know that he should feel you know, bad. He has his own emotions going on right now, which is one of those probably being guilt and shame. Um, so he feels bad, but he's also working through the fact that he, uh, before he can feel empathy, he just in general feels guilt or he feels shame first. So we have to acknowledge that like, okay, I understand you feel that way because you got in trouble because you know um, that you did something wrong, but then also the empathy piece that, okay, so your son is your, I'm sorry, your brother is hurting now. Um, you know, how can we work through that in an empathetic way? So I think that's really important to talk about that. There Sometimes our children are going through several emotions um, and recognizing those so that we can help them be more empathetic. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> um, number eight, as a result, one of the best ways to encourage empathy is to make children conscious of what they have in common with others. So even just recognizing commonality between your child and someone else can down the road help them identify a common emotion or a common experience with someone else and that in turn will help them be you know more empathetic. Um yeah, so I'm almost done. I, I hope this is helpful, but I just feel like, you know, having a couple steps or a couple little tips or activities to do with your kids to help them with this can be quick and easy um, and also can be fun. So um, let's talk for a minute about cognitive empathy. So feeling affective empathy is not enough. So I talked about affective empathy and cognitive empathy. I did not even know that there were (laughs) these two. So to be good helpers, we also need something that psychologists call cognitive empathy. So you can be a good helper with affective empathy. But to have cognitive empathy is the ability to imagine another person's perspective and actually identify what that person needs, and I thought that was really powerful because it's one thing to be, you know, okay, I, I'm going to go help you. Um, it's another thing to really acknowledge, you know, and and really uh, put yourself in another person's perspective or shoes um, to really know what what they really need. So I hope that makes sense. Um, and so I think I just think that's important to understand that. That there's one thing to be a help, to be helpful, but it's also being a helpful and knowing what a person needs because you are really putting yourself in their shoes. And um, yeah, so I hope that makes sense. And then the last thing is putting it into action, right? So like I talked about earlier, emotional coaching, as mentioned, um, is a great start. So you are in my, as I was working on this episode, I guess I felt like parents are um, an emotional coach. Right. You're you're coaching your children on how they should feel and treat others and interact with others. And so I think it's a really good term as being an emotional coach. You're getting them started um, to be able to acknowledge and feel their emotions. And kids also benefit, you know, from doing this with games and activities that really require them to think about what other people feel and think and want and need. And so I think if you're helping them put it into action through games or as we talked about role playing or talking about different books, and there are tons of books out there that talk specifically about, you know, emotions, um, I think it's just really important to not only, you know, talk about it and plant seeds, but at times put it into action and stop for a minute and, um, you know, and really show our children what it means to be empathetic So I hope this helps. I hope some of these resources will help you. I will put them in my show notes. And I wanted to leave you with this quote. And it just left me, um, I don't know, hopeful, I guess, that it's not our job to toughen our children up to face a cruel and heartless world. It's our job to raise children who will make the world a little less cruel and a little less heartless. So I'm gonna leave you with that. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today, Teaching Tuesday. I hope you have a great... Uh, rest of the week and don't forget to um, meet up with me this thursday for mama's minute and i hope you have a great day hey mama thank you for joining me at the barn today for the whole mama podcast I hope you've laughed, reflected, and learned something valuable to take home to your family. I'll meet you right back here next week. And in the meantime, focus on these important things. Take care of yourself, read daily with your children, and find times throughout the day to truly be present with your family. This time is precious, so we must embrace those moments and be intentional about it. Lastly, remember to find those things that bring you joy daily. That cup of coffee, those comfy leggings, that song or that scripture or even that glass of wine whatever it is make sure you find that daily joy for yourself you deserve it mama if you enjoy this show please consider supporting it and click the buy me a coffee link in the show notes for more content community and connection please subscribe to receive a monthly whole mama newsletter at my blog at iamthewholemama.com and follow me on social media thank you again for joining me today And I'll meet you right back here for our next episode at The Whole Mama.